and welcome back to Taco the Town, the podcast where it's always Taco Tuesday. Always. I'm your host, Dave, and I've still yet to meet a taco I didn't thoroughly enjoy. Taco the Town is the podcast where we are conquering the KC Tacoverse one taco at a time. We'll be joined by special guests who will share their favorite taco places and taco memories with us. We're going to share some stories, share some laughs, and most importantly, share some Kansas City tacos. Welcome to Taco the Town. You know, I recently spent a weekend in Nashville, Tennessee, Nash Vegas. It's called sometimes. I was down there for my birthday. Well, it was my birthday and friend of the show, Michael McMillan's birthday and Chris Lost from the Lost and Found and Rewound podcast birthday. So we took a little trip down to Nashville and we were joined by friends like the author of the Taco the Town theme song, Scott Hartley, and uh, many other friends like former T3 guests, Jordan Hale and Daniel Higby, who live in Nashville. And we all went to the Chiefs-Titans game, which did not go very well for the Chiefs. But we had a great weekend, and uh, we ate at some great taco spots, each one knocking our proverbial taco socks off. Here are the three spots we hit. We hit El Fuego, Tempo Tacos, and Redheaded Stranger. The crunch wrap at Redheaded Stranger was amazing. And the breakfast tacos and horchata at Tempo were really top notch. So if you're in Nashville, be sure to check out those amazing taco spots. Some other great spots to check out in Nashville. The Fox Cocktail Bar, the Pearl Diver Cocktail Bar. And if you're on Broadway, hit up Robert's Western World It's a great old-fashioned honky-tonk. Go on a Monday, get the recession special, which is a uh, fried bologna sandwich, a bag of chips, a moon pie, and a PBR for six bucks. Great deal. Let's find out what taco place we're going to be reviewing this week. This week's taco destination is West Side Local, located at 1663 Summit Street, Kansas City, Missouri, 64108 in the West Side, one of my favorite neighborhoods in KC, home of the Yoli Tortilleria, Shea L, Los Alamos Cantina, which we've reviewed here on the show, Goat Hill Coffee, the Ibis Bakery, the Bluebird Bistro. The West Side Local does their best to support local farms and businesses. This allows them to bring you the freshest ingredients and dining experience possible farm to table. And they also have a patio for pups. West Side Local has American cuisine crafted from fresh local produce. This restaurant strives to give patrons a farm to table experience in the truest sense. And they have breakfast, brunch, and dinner menus featuring delicious local fare. They have starters like three cheese plates and deviled eggs. There's a number of sandwiches and entrees for you to gorge on. And guess what, folks? They've got cocktails and spirits, and they have tacos, too. Close Monday and Tuesday, but open the rest of the week for brunch and dinner, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., 5 p.m. to 9 p.m., and 10 p.m. on Fridays and Saturdays. And they're only open until 2 p.m. on Sunday for the perfect brunch spot and beautiful vistas off their patio. Let's meet this week's special taco reviewer guest.
Our guest this week is the film editor for The Pitch and a freelance writer covering film and popular culture. I once drew a cartoon version of her on the cover of last year's Pitch Best of issue. She also one time broke her parents' blender trying to make the Puerco Pabil from Once Upon a Time in Mexico. I want you to tell us that story, if you will. Welcome to Taco the Town. Abby Old Chessie. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about tacos. Thank you for being here. So I got to know about these tacos you tried to make <laughs> in a blender. Yeah. So I, I think I was living with my parents at the time. This would have been probably around 2013. And I had just gotten really into the, uh, the YouTube series Binging with Babish, where he makes food from different movies. And so one of the earliest ones that he did was the uh, the Puerco Pibil tacos from Once Upon a Time in Mexico. And I thought, that looks really good. I bet I could do that. And like, I mean, the TLDR version is that like I did make them. They were really good. But it required grinding up annatto seeds. Oh, wow. Which like usually you can buy at ground, which you should do. But I wanted to do like the foodie version, which is like, I'm going to buy it whole. I'm going to toast the spices. I'm going to grind them up. And like, I couldn't, you can't grind them up without a spice grinder, it turns out. <laughs> so like I tried it with a rolling pin and it did nothing. I tried it with a hammer. It did nothing and damaged the bag, obviously. So like there were little bits of plastic in there. Finally, my mom bought a spice grinder, like spice or coffee grinder, which I now use for coffee so that I could grind those up. And then once I got the marinade ready in the blender, my parents' blender they'd had since like they got married in the early 80s. It was ancient. And as soon as I, I started- my parents have that same blender. <laughs> yeah, like avocado green. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Well, it's dead now. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I poured all the ingredients in there. And as soon as I started it up, it started sparking. Oh, no. And then just died. <laughs> oh, did it shoot dust out and then smoke? I think it did. Okay. Yeah, it was- Did it cough? <coughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It, yeah. it was just like spark, spark, cough, cough, like <laughs> shit. Um- Somehow we managed to get it blended. I think we used a food processor, but I maintain that it is a thing that I would make again now that I know all of the right things to do. My mom acts like it was the hardest thing that anybody's ever made and you should never, ever make it again. So one day I'll prove her wrong. <laughs> what other food from movies do they make on that show? Oh, lots. Do you remember some? Yeah. If you've ever seen the movie Big Night from the 90s, the Stanley Tucci movie, they make a big thing called Timpano, which is like this giant, almost like a pasta pot pie. And he makes that. That one's insane. I don't think anybody should ever make that unless you have like an industrial kitchen. You don't need a blender for that. You do not need a blender okay. for that. But he did make all of his own pasta, which is not, I would never. <laughs> I'm Italian-American, but I'm not that Italian-American. What else? He's done Krabby Patties, the Big Kahuna Burger from, mm. yeah, from Pulp Fiction, which I also made. And that was really good. It's a good recipe. I think he's put out a couple of cookbooks too. So oh, cool. It's, yeah, it's good technique, education, as well as like recipe ideas. Now, I remember once on Twitter one day, I follow you on Twitter. I hope this isn't weird that I say that right now you once put out a call for tacos i think you were stuck in your house oh yeah and you're like can someone please bring me a taco i remember this because you messaged me and you were like do like do you need tacos and it was i was okay it turned out <laughs> like i was able to get my own but like i've thought about that since and i was like man you really should have let dave bring you tacos i think that day <laughs> when you tweeted that out i just happened to be getting tacos at like a taco stand and yeah. i was like i gotta bring tacos to her yeah i have to save her i don't know what what trouble she's in but i'm gonna I bring think her it was i think it was south by Southwest because it was it was virtual that year. That's right. And so yeah. I was missing the experience of being able to consume mass amounts of tacos while watching movies, which is there what I would go. be doing yeah. if I were in Austin. Yep. But yeah, I managed it because there's like I'd probably be going to Torchies a lot in Austin anyway, and there's one really close to me. So yeah. it ended up working out for the best. But I weirdly enough, I think about that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I think I mean I am always up for bringing people tacos. So this I'm 
putting this out there in the world. If you're ever in need of tacos, I'm usually at a taco place. So if you want tacos, tweet it out there and I will bring you tacos. I will do it. And next time you have a hungering for tacos, a hankering, as I say here on the show, please put out that call again and I will bring you whatever taco I happen to have in the back of my van. Fantastic. Yeah, I will. I'm I'm taking you up on that. (laughs) So I got to know just here at the top of the show, what's your taco origin story? Do you live a taco centric life? Uh, Did you grow up eating tacos? Do you come from a taco eating family? How often are you out eating tacos? Oh man, those are all really good questions. I'm going to be talking a lot in in, uh, movie references because that's that's That's, who I am. That's great. (laughs) But I feel like to to paraphrase Best in Show, I didn't like, you know, instead of a catalog family, I grew up in a taco family, but like mom tacos, you know, so like the old El Paso hard shell thing, also school lunches, taco day was like the best day, the day you always look forward to. And so that was my experience with tacos like that in Taco Bell in like the 90s. Did you grow up in Kansas City? No, I grew up in Chicago. Okay. So I think in terms of like taco adjacent food, I probably ate more Cuban food than I ate Mexican food growing up, but I did, I did enjoy a good taco and because I was a child of the 90s, so who wouldn't? But Do you remember the day that they came out with the double-decker Taco Supremes? I do. Do you remember I, where you were and when you first heard about them like I do? I want to hear. I, <laughs> I Actually, I remember the Doritos Locos Taco because my mom oh. was really excited about trying that. At the time, I think I was like in college or just out, and so I was like super snooty, and I was just like, oh, Doritos Locos Taco, and then like she tried it and was like, it's really good. Do you want to try some? And I was like, fine, and then I bit it, and I was like, whoa, this is great. <laughs> I think I was at a pool party <laughs> when I first heard about the double-decker Taco That's Supreme. perfect. Yeah. That was when uh, they had the taco neck syndrome poster with oh, Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, yes. Yeah. Because you have to turn your head to eat it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just a big summer for me. It, mm-hmm. it was kind of like a life-changing event. Absolutely. And I just, I remember being with friends and being yeah. like, hey guys, yeah. what are we, we're after this pool party, you know where we're going. Mm-hmm. I, I also remember uh, taco taco salad is a big thing in my in my family just because it's easy to make and that was I was one of those kids who was like I don't like salad salad's gross and then finally when taco salad happened I I accepted the salad as a food group that was what did it for me. Did you have crunched up? tortilla chips in there? Or, I did. Or did I, I would be super weird as a kid though and I would take all the little individual bits and like put them in different places on my plate and like make little tiny tostadas out oh, of the wow. chips. Okay. <laughs> and then eventually I was like you know it's more efficient if I just like eat it like my parents are doing it and then I did. <laughs> did you ever go through a fajita phase uh, or a yes. uh, or the dreaded B word burrito uh, phase? Yeah those are you know you eat what your parents make for you and so <laughs> yeah my mom made fajitas Occasionally growing up, we ate the B word occasionally. It was usually like a quick bean and cheese, maybe some uh, maybe some olives in there. Okay. Nothing too fancy. But you never were seduced by the dark side. No. The, the burrito side. No, I tried okay. doing the Chipotle thing in college, but it just it's too much, man. It's yeah. just like a giant pillow of food. I'm not gonna eat that. Right. So if I do that I'm 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 a bowl person okay. mostly. Or yeah. tacos actually. I do get Chipotle tacos pretty often. Good. Yeah, me too. I mean that's I mean when I was in college, I think I did go there from time to time for mm-hmm. one of those. Like it's, it's hard for me to say. I know um, <laughs> the B word, but yeah, I, I slowly realized this isn't this isn't for me. This yeah. isn't the life for me. Yeah, that's good. So I got out of there quick and did yeah. the Chipotle tacos. Yeah, I did for a while. Worked for uh, Ogden Publications in Topeka, and Topeka has there's a lot of things that aren't great about Topeka, but they have a lot of really good Mexican food. They do have great tacos in, um, in T Town. Excellent tacos. Top in city. T-town. Top city. Yes. My parents, when they were in college at Washburn in Topeka, they would uh, 
go to uh, Taco Tico all the time. Oh, yeah. So that's a big, yeah. big uh, formational yeah. uh, thing in my family is Taco Tico. Mm-hmm. And just like loads and loads of bodegas like all over right. the place. And so we would go, like I had a group of people that we would usually go to. Like there was one particular market slash taco place that we would go to and we would either get tacos or tortas depending on how we felt. And it was always like, it was like that and a grapefruit Haritos and like you were good to go. Yeah, we got to do more. We got to do like a taco, uh, a Topeka taco episode where we yeah. just go do like a taco crawl through Topeka. Yeah, the so. Topeka taco tour. Yeah, that would be Jeez. great. If we could get like the Topeka Chamber of Commerce to sponsor that episode, you yeah. know, get the mayor out. Yeah. And just have I, a... You should do it, man. I think it'd be, <laughs> it'd be a service to the taco community. They need to know. So the Pitch Best of 2020 edition just dropped this month. Yeah. Did you, do you have some uh, articles in that? I don't this year, unfortunately. I, I feel but you like had an article, the edition before, right? I did, yeah, the yeah, cover story, the, right? the cover story on uh, David Desmalchin. So, yeah, we did. We did a lot of, I got really excited in my first year as the, the film editor and did a lot of kind of small film blurb coverage for the previous pitch best of edition. And I feel like we had kind of covered most of that. So I wasn't able to get around to it as much this time, but I, I think that the things that are best in film in KC last year remain good this year. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of exciting things happening. Are, are you back screening movies in theaters? I am. Okay. Yeah. 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 I started doing that like back in the spring ish. My first one back was Cruella and there were two people in the theater. It was me and one other writer. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get a special screening? Do you go early like before the movie is released? Yeah. So we have screenings and sometimes they're just for press. Sometimes they sometimes they are open to the public. Usually they are open to the public but that's been a little bit different in pandemic times since you need to worry about spacing some places i will say that the best in theater experience i had like press or otherwise was when f9 came out oh (laughs) yeah yeah because it hit like right in that that sweet spot like those two months where we were like coronavirus is over we solved it that was the first movie i saw in theaters yeah except for when i saw bill and ted face the music in the middle of the pandemic yeah i saw that (laughs) in a drive-thru actually cool but yeah this one it was a it was a press screening it was open to the public it was full capacity i went with with the uh rumble seats the theater with the rumble seats oh (laughs) I feel like my voice just broke there, but like, I mean, it was worth it. Worth it. Oh, did you do that? Too? I didn't do oh. that, but I wish I would have. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. It, our, all of our, my group, I with all of our necks were really jacked up. I bet. <laughs> I bet. But yeah, that was just like, everybody was in a great mood. It was just like joyous the entire time. And I came out of that movie with a bigger knowledge on what magnets can really do. Yes. Yeah. Like, I had no idea. Like I'm, I, you know, when that, that insane clown posse song came out and they were like magnets, man, how do they work? And then we all made fun of them. We hadn't seen F9 yet. I was saying that after I saw that movie. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> it should have been called F9 Magnets. Yeah, Magnets, man. Magnet. How do they work? <laughs> and then there was another movie with magnets. Did the new 007 have magnet stuff in it? I don't, rem- boo, I don't uh, remember there being magnet stuff in it, but there might have been. A lot of magnets. A lot I mean, of magnets. I mean... Magnets are having a moment, man. <laughs> they really are. So yeah, F nine. That was a so that was a really fun screening. Oh god, it yeah. was delightful. And I mean, Im- almost immediately afterward, like cases started ticking back up, and yep. like people were, you know, were spacing out more, and like fewer people were coming to screenings. I feel like that was sort of the one golden moment in time that we got this year. <laughs> F nine. That yeah. yeah, it was like April. It's yeah, it was April in the beginning of it May. Was, and then- I think or, yeah, it was. June? June. It was like the end of June. So oh, was it was that like, when yeah, F9 like came right, 
Right in the middle, oh, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, it was just a perfect, like, I'd had a really heavy day at work up until that point. Like, I'd been doing a lot. I was really busy, and I was, like, looking forward to this. And then I went and saw it, and it just gave me so much joy. And, like, even thinking about, like, I've listened to a few different podcasts that, like, reviewed it ahead of time and also after the fact. And it just, like, it still makes me smile. It's just, I don't, yep. I don't think I'm ever going to stop thinking about how great that was. <laughs> <laughs> Those movies, they really are just a joy to watch. They are. They, I mean, and everyone's smiling, laughing. I mean, just at all the yeah. ridiculous Yeah, it's just like, yeah, none of it has to make any acting. sense anymore. <laughs> right, yeah. And like the whole weird subplot where Roman starts to realize that he might be a character in a movie. Like that's, it's just the greatest payoff. Like, come on. It doesn't get better than that. And then they finally go to space <laughs> And too. they finally go to space. And Young dry- Jewish Warrior <laughs> got them to space. I'm excited about this. And they drive through a satellite. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good stuff. And they brought in the boys from, uh, from Tokyo Drift yep. to help them power the yeah. car. It's just family. <laughs> and then, of course, you have to watch, like, once you watch that, you're like, oh, man. Or before, you got to, I got to catch up. I got to watch six of them before before yeah, this one to kind of Yeah, which I'd kind of refreshed. done. I think I, I was sort of aware of the fact that I was probably going to have to review it at some point. And, like, this was, like, months before it happened. So, like, you know, pandemic times. And I thought, you know what? If not now, when? So, yeah. yeah, I just, I watched my way through them and I enjoyed every single one. Now, is that in your top five of films this year? What's, oh. I mean, it's yeah, probably in your top 10, maybe? Maybe my top 10. So, like, top of the year lists are hard because you have to sort of balance like critical quality with the stuff that is your genuine favorite. Yeah. And there's still like, this is a really weirdly backloaded year. So, I think because of coronavirus and like just, studios not being sure if they'd be able to get stuff out so like i have things that are my favorite so far but like even in the next couple of months i'm sure that's going to change yeah there's so many movies that are just about to come out that like uh licorice pizza yeah licorice pizza um, the new matrix movie uh house of gucci ghostbusters um, ghostbusters that new scott derrickson movie black phone which looks really good that macbeth movie's coming out uh house of gucci yeah yeah i'm excited that looks good i've been hearing some great things for that Um, west side story yeah west side story and also the humans i have interesting connections to both of those movies i went to college with a guy who is one of the editors on west side story oh nice i know it's really exciting that's cool yeah i'm super happy that he gets to work on a spielberg movie that's like he's living the dream it looks very Spielberg, like yeah. the trailer. It does, like this, God, yeah. in like a great way too, not yep. like a Spielberg <laughs> kind of way, which he does sometimes. Yeah. But like this looks like kind of like a thrilling, like mm-hmm. so long. I don't know, weird side story. Uh, a few years ago, when Jurassic World, like the sequel to Jurassic World, came out, I went to see it with my parents because it was July Fourth weekend, and we wanted to see a movie where a bunch of things explode, and that was the only option. And people ride big plastic yes. balls down and being chased by dinosaurs in right, yeah, a yeah, volcano, yeah. like stunts on. and stuff, <laughs> yeah. right? And so, like, there's a part toward the end where there's like a dinosaur that escapes an auction in like a gothic mansion, and so there's a dinosaur climbing over the roofs of this house, and my mom just turns to me and just breathlessly says movies and like i i think about that a lot so like f9 is a movies movie i think west side story might be that too yeah but yeah and actually speaking of my mom there's a movie coming out called the humans that's based on a play that won i think a pulitzer and also a bunch of tony awards and one of the actors in that movie 
who was also playing that role on Broadway, she got a Tony for it, is like my mom's best friend from like elementary and high school. No way. <laughs> yeah, it's super weird. That's her, cool. Yeah, her name's Jane Howdeshell. We've seen her do plays live a couple of times. I think once in New York and once she was like workshopping something in DC while I was living there and we got to see her. But she's super nice. It would be super cool if she got a bunch of awards attention for this because then we can say we know an Oscar winner. <laughs> now... Did you enjoy the latest Wes Anderson film, French Dispatch? French Dispatch. I, yeah, I liked it. I didn't like it as much as some of his other movies. I think Grand Budapest and uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, I think, are always going to be my two favorites of his. But it had some nice Grand Budapest type of it did yeah i think visually i think visually, he was yeah. yeah he was playing a lot with some of the stuff that showed up in that movie and he's doing a lot of like really interesting formal experimentation that i appreciated this has got to be this is his most besides his animation that he's done this is his definitely his most yeah ambitious i, I think ambitious artistic and just the most west anderson-y yeah west oh, anderson for sure movie. yeah it's like the apex of it it's um, like a russian doll that you open yes, and it yeah. is just going into the yeah, uh, yeah. brain of Wes Anderson. Yeah. I think the fact that it's an anthology thing kind of means we get short shrift on some of the characters, whereas like in a movie like Grand Budapest, I feel like they're a little more layered. But Yeah, I like... wanted to see more of the magazine staff. Yeah, that's I what did I too. really wanted to I see. I did too. Yeah. yeah. I think of those segments I liked Tilda Swinton's one the best. Because she was the one I think that came across the most as a character in terms of like having an interior life and experiences. Yeah, the first vignette. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, was yeah, my yeah. favorite too. Like when she does the art slides and there's like that one of her posing nude and she's <laughs> right. like, oh my God, that's a picture of me. Like, that's great. I want more of that. Yeah, <laughs> that was my favorite too. Yeah, that was great. I went and saw it in the middle of the day and I mm. think there weren't that many people in the theater. So mm -hmm. it was kind of like a private screening. That's but nice. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah. I enjoyed it. What about... So I'm really looking forward to Licorice Pizza. Yeah. That doesn't come out until December. Mm -hmm. And then, aren't you really excited for Nightmare Alley? Yes, I am really excited for Nightmare Alley. That's a remake of an old uh, yeah. 40s. 1947, mm -hmm. I think, is the yeah. year that came out. Yeah, and so that... I had been meaning to watch because I knew like the the horror fans in my life who also like classic movies really like Nightmare Alley and and I didn't even realize that uh, Del Toro was making a version until like a couple months ago when the trailer came out which of course is a great match for it and so I was like man I really need to get my hands on this and see it and so it was on the Criterion Channel so I watched it for the first time last week and it is real good I'm I'm super excited to see what he does with some of those characters I think there's like it's it's a really good tight noir story to begin with and the fact that it takes place in a carnival i think is really cool i think there's some some really interesting areas for him to expand in oh, yeah. that area that i think could be really fun to see did you enjoy the movie pig i did i haven't seen that yet i okay. really should i see pig yeah as a as a foodie i think you would like it oh really yeah <laughs> is it about someone trying to eat nicholas cage's pig no oh um oh. <laughs> it's well I'll, I'll I'll tell you I it's Nicolas Cage plays a guy who used to be a chef in Portland. Okay. And he for like I think grief related reasons has kind of become a hermit and he lives out in the the Oregon woods with his truffle pig. And so he uses the pig to hunt for truffles and then sells those truffles to Nat Wolf's character who's like a, a food fancy pants food acquisition guy. He gets exotic food. And then one day some people who have been hired by somebody, we don't know who, come and kidnap Nicolas Cage's beloved 
truffle pig, who's like his best friend in the whole world. Oh, and man. so Nicolas Cage has to go back to Portland to find out what happened to his pig and enact some revenge. Okay. Um, yeah. And it sounds like it could be like, like John Wick, but with a pig. And it, it kind of is, but really it's just, it's, it's a surprisingly tender and sweet and heartfelt movie that's really about the importance of grief and moving on. And I think it's like one of Nicolas Cage's best performances in years. That's what I hear, yeah. yeah. I'm just going to do some quick hitters here. So you just tell me yeah. if you saw it, if you liked it. All right. Did you like the new Dune movie? I was okay on it. I understand that it needs to have a lot of like exposition in order to get to part two. I think part two is going to be even better. We leave it at a point where I think it was just starting to get interesting. What about Green Knight? I liked Green Knight a lot. It's very moody. I like stuff that feels wet and cold. (laughs) This was a very wet and cold movie. And the cinematographer of that is from Missouri, Andrew Draws Palermo, who's a really good filmmaker in his own right. What about Eternals? This movie's yeah. been very controversial. Yeah. People really are not liking it. Yeah. The audience score is good, but the critic score is not. Right? So, On Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It's a weird one because there's a lot about it I don't think works. I also don't think it really fits very well within the established MCU so far. That's what I thought too. Yeah. It's just like, it feels like it's very removed, but I think there's some interesting ideas that it's trying to get at. It was very epic, but yeah. it almost seemed like it wasn't taking place in the Marvel universe. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think if it was its own thing, I would like it a lot more. I think if it had had room, like, I don't know, miniseries space to kind of spread out and like not be as exposition dumpy, I feel like it'd yeah. be even better. A lot of characters to get. A lot of characters. <laughs> yeah. If anything, it like managed to make me kind of like Barry Keegan for the first time. Usually I find him incredibly creepy in things. So He was really creepy. And then at some point in the movie, he became like, oh, this guy's kind of nice and he's yeah, cool. Yeah, like he's kind of cool. Like sort of, I don't know, Loki adjacent. Like right. I could see the two of them getting along. I would watch that movie. And then Richard Madden, that guy, was really cool at the beginning. Yeah, and, and then, then he, he just got really dull. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. Not spoiler alert, when he flies into the sun <laughs> at the end, <laughs> I was like, yes. I was too. I was like, oh, thank God we don't have to deal with that guy anymore. <laughs> I like uh, I like Cersei as a character. Yeah. She was cool. Yeah. And then Angelina Jolie didn't have I think she maybe had four lines in the I know. Entire movie. And I liked her character arc. I thought there were some interesting things going on individually with some of those characters. They didn't always gel well together, but yeah, I liked that it tried some things. Yeah, it so, was definitely different. Yeah. Uh, different for a Marvel movie, for sure. Yeah, I think it's like one of those that I, I don't think I'm going to watch it a ton, but it's one of those things yeah. that I could maybe like in three or four years think, you know what, maybe I should give Eternals another look and then watch it again and be like, oh yeah, this is flawed but interesting. <laughs> yeah, it uh, it was it was definitely uh, definitely a different mm-hmm. different type of uh, superhero movie. For sure. It almost, and the, one thing that really bothered me is they kept referencing DC heroes in yeah. a Marvel movie. Yeah. And I was like, that's not. I don't know if you can do that, man. That's, that's like, I want somebody to pull a Cousin Greg and just be like, that's not IP I'm familiar with. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. It's like in the Marvel comics. Marvel Comics characters read comic books about themselves. Right. It's like yes. the Fantastic yeah. Four yeah. reads Fantastic Four But they don't comics. read Batman comics. Right. So like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's strange. Yeah. It's like, why didn't, how did that make the cut? That yeah. was weird. Okay. When I have film critics on the show, mm-hmm. film experts, I like to do a segment called Overrated Underrated. Okay. This is where I ask you your overrated and underrated movie questions of all time. So I'm going to ask you overrated, underrated movie of all time, overrated, underrated actor of all time, and overrated, underrated director of all time. Okay. So let's start with actor. Ooh, 
Okay. Overrated, underrated actor. Overrated actor. actor. Okay. John Wayne. Overrated? Overrated. Which, I mean, that's probably not a terribly controversial thing. There are a lot of, I don't know. I feel like the the age and demographic of people who super like John Wayne movies are, it, it's getting narrower and older <laughs> by the day. <laughs> right. My thing with him is that when he's ever in anything that's not a Western, yeah. he just looks very out of place. He really does. Yeah. yeah. I think the only John Wayne movie that I have seen and genuinely liked is Stagecoach. And I think that was like one of the first ones mm-hmm. that he was in. He's not quite like full on swaggery John Wayne. Yeah. But yeah, like I know a lot of people like The Quiet Man. I really do not like The Quiet Man. I think it's very silly. <laughs> yeah, that's... I. I have opinions on John Wayne. Didn't he once play like Genghis Khan in a movie? He did. I watched that movie. It's not good. <laughs> Who thought that was a good idea? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I started watching it just kind of because it was an oddity. And yeah, I didn't even make it a third of the way through because it wasn't even very interesting. It was yeah. like, I mean, A, the, like John Wayne as Genghis Khan is the novelty. And once that wears off, you're just like, oh man, this is dull. <laughs> Why is why is Genghis Khan talk with a Western? <laughs> That's right. I mean, like I like the. Why I don't does he know. talk like a cowboy? <laughs> There's like, uh, do I want to go? Okay, so like, I think it's interesting to envision historical characters in ways that are interesting and different. I know for sure that that's not why that choice was made. (laughs) (laughs) So you can't even like say they they kind of accidentally got it right. Like that was just straight up dumb. Underrated actor of all time. Underrated actor. So I, I am somebody who really loves character actors and... Like, I feel like there's there's probably, like, a good subset of us on Twitter who kind of, like, weirdly thirst after very odd-looking people just because we think that they're great in movies. One of them, for me, is Noah Taylor. He's an Australian actor. He hasn't... I think he's had, like, maybe one or two starring roles in things, like, his entire life, and they've been, like, smaller Australian movies. But, like, if you've seen Paddington 2, he is uh, one of the inmates, like, the kind of skinny, odd-looking one. Is that the movie with the perfect score? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have strong love for Paddington 2. Let me look him up. This is a Paddington 2 household. Um, Noah Taylor? Yeah, he was also on Game of Thrones for a season. He's the dude that cuts off Jamie Lannister's oh, yeah. hand. Yeah, he played, that guy. Uh, he played Hitler on. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I know this dude. Yeah, yeah, he's in things. It's he's he's a that guy. He played Charlie Charlie's dad on he, Charlie and the Chocolate that's Factory. Right. Yeah. yeah, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other places where I saw him. And was like that guy. He was in that's Almost Famous. He played one of the that's it. guys. Yes, in the, yeah. yeah, he's yeah. delightful in Almost he's Famous. Yeah, yeah, he's great, and he's not in enough things. I would like to see him in more things. I would like him to get the appreciation that he deserves. One of my favorite things, I think I was watching, there's a Western called The Proposition that uh, Nick Cave wrote. I think it was his first screenplay that I know of. And there's a there's a director's commentary where you can listen to him and John Hillcote talking about it. Like, I think in the opening scene, Noah Taylor shows up for like two seconds before getting killed. And Nick Cave's like, that's the best character actor in Australia. And I was like, yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, he's great. I love that guy. Yeah. Never knew his name. Now yeah, I will now never you know. forget it. Yeah. Okay, this is a tough one. Uh, most overrated movie of all time. Okay. So speaking of Paddington 2 and the perfect score, I think it's Citizen Kane. Not because I think it's a bad movie, but just because people always laud it as like the greatest movie of all time. And when I watched it, I thought, this is a well-made movie. I've seen ones that I liked a lot better. So You're the second person to say that on really? the show. Really? the most overrated. Hell yeah. It's, I appreciate its value as a piece of filmmaking. I think there's a lot of stuff that it did that was super groundbreaking. Yeah, I for don't, the time, it was super yeah, cutting yeah, edge. Yeah, and, yeah. I don't think we need to laud it as like the perfect film, yeah. especially when there are way more diverse and interesting choices out there. I think I've definitely fallen asleep in the middle of Citizen. I 
I did too. Yeah. In fact, I was watching it with my parents the first time we watched it, and we all three fell asleep yeah. at the same Good time. Nap. <laughs> Good nap movie. <laughs> underrated movie of all time. Okay. Underrated. This is not going to be a very film snobby answer. It's going to be kind of a silly answer. One of my comfort movies that I like to watch, just because I think it's super fun, it's a Tom Cruise movie from 2010, I think, called Night and Day. It's like him and Cameron Diaz. Oh my gosh. It's really <laughs> fun. It's like, it, it came out like in the middle of the summer. It, I think, came out maybe a week or two. I don't think I've ever heard of this movie. It came out like the same summer as Inception and it was either like a week before or a week after. So like it just, it basically, Inception ruled that summer. So it was just kind of like lost. Who's the director? James Mangold. Oh, So like it's legit. It's like, it's got good people behind the camera. It's not like a groundbreakingly amazing movie. It just, it is like a fun spy thing and Tom Cruise is kind of doing a version of the uh, the Mission Impossible thing with a bit of a rom-com flair to it. But like, it knows what it is and it does those things really well. And it wasn't a hit. It I think was, was I think it was successful. I don't think it was a hit. Because it was a Tom Cruise yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. It did, it, I think it did fine, but nobody remembers it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but well, yeah, the name, the yeah, name of the movie is very it, like, yeah, I have no yeah. idea what this. Yeah, which is I think about. is super weird because it's like it's night like K N I G H T. Oh, and I don't even think that's anybody's name. Weird. I don't think it's his name. <laughs> um, maybe it is. I don't remember. But I I watch that maybe like every year and a half or so. Like I'm just in a mood where I'm like you know on my couch drinking some wine, got my cats with me, not really in the mood to watch anything else. But I'm like you know what that movie delivers, and it does. <laughs> okay, director. Most overrated director. Overrated of all time. director. Okay, we were talking about Inception. I think it's Christopher Nolan. I might get he some has hate. Some stinkers. He does. So, like, I think. What about that last one he did? Yeah, I couldn't get through it, man. I. Uh, you have to watch that movie Tenet, like yeah. five times. No, and I just <laughs> I like I. I on. think I like I like everybody in that movie, and everybody looks amazing. Pattinson looks incredible. And I just kept watching it and thinking, there's a lot of style in this, and there's a lot of people doing things. I wish I understood what they were doing so that I could like them more. And the main actor, uh, Denzel Washington. Yeah, John David Washington, who I've interviewed, actually. He's really nice. He sounds just like his dad when he laughs, which is a super weird thing (laughs) if you walk into a room and hear that, and you just like go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Can you uh, do a Denzel Washington? I cannot. John David, what's his name? (laughs) John David Washington laugh. John David Washington laugh? I I cannot. But like, if you hear people do a Denzel impression and they do the laugh that's what it sounds like (laughs) yeah christopher nolan yeah even some of his batman movies yeah i think it's he's he's good at certain things but i think he's kind of i i have very little patience for movies that are extremely plotty and complicated but then once the reveal happens it really feels like the the screenwriter didn't quite know what to do or like it's this thing that like, oh, it's short, makes sense because of all these complicated things, but like, mm, does it hold up to scrutiny? Not really. Right. And I feel like that's something that happens with a lot of his movies. What about underrated director? Who... I think there's a lot of there's a lot of Twitter love currently for Karin Kusama, which is great. I think she really deserves it. I think she's an underrated director, or she has been up to this point. What has so she directed? She directed Jennifer's Body probably most famously, which is something that's gotten a lot of reassessment lately because it is actually really, really good, but wasn't loved very much at the time. And she also made a very 
good slow burn horror movie called The Invitation that I'm a huge fan of. I was on the Nightmare Junkhead podcast back in January, I think, talking about this just because it's, yeah, I think it's really well done. There, She does a lot of really interesting work with performers and character and themes about feminism and themes about like guilt and regret and moving on in really interesting genre-y ways that deserve a lot of attention. I think genre filmmakers tend to get not as much mainstream love as they should. And so I feel like she's kind of gotten the double whammy because she's, you know, She's a woman and uh, and works a lot in genre. Um, and also because she made Eon Flux, which was not a good movie. <laughs> oh, man. I was so wanting that movie to be I good. I know. Because that was I one of my know. favorites as a kid, yeah. the original Eon Flux. Yeah. And- but yeah, that, that kind of fell flat. So, you know, she, she didn't get as many chances, I think, to really get out there as like a male filmmaker would get. And I feel like she's finally kind of getting back to a point where she's getting the attention she deserves. Okay, this is a different, this is an offshoot of overrated, underrated. This is a different category of overrated, underrated. These are overrated, underrated Patrick Swayze movies. I just want you to tell me overrated and underrated on these. Are you ready for this? Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. Yes. Outsiders. Oh, underrated. Ghost. Overrated. Red Dawn. I haven't seen it. Probably overrated, I think. Dirty Dancing. Ooh. Or is it just where it needs to it's be? It's just where it needs to be. <laughs> Over, with Dirty it's a, Dancing. It's at the right spot. Yeah, it's at the right <laughs> spot. Roadhouse. Oh, underrated. It's the best. <laughs> I adore Roadhouse. Next of Kin. I have not seen that, so I can't comment. It's it's one of those ones that's not on cable every weekend, uh-huh. like Dirty Dancing uh-huh. and Roadhouse. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love all those other ones, so I imagine I would like Next of Kin. Point Break. Him and Keanu. It's, I mean, I, it's right where it should be, yeah. which is like at the top of everyone's list. Yeah. So. And then Tu Wong Fu. Ooh, uh, underrated, yeah, I think. Yeah, that's another one yeah. they don't show a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good. I mean, he's got a great catalog. He does. Great, great catalog. More diverse than people think. Yeah, that guy. Ugh. Yeah. R.I.P. I know, I know. Well, so finally here, I just need to know, worst film of the year, best film of the year Ooh. so far. Okay. There was one that came out a while ago called The Protégé. That was oh, like that? Maggie Q and Michael Keaton uh, and Samuel oh, Jackson. Yeah. And the guy who directed it is the same guy that directed a couple of the 007 movies like GoldenEye and The World is Not Enough. Like he's a good director. It should have been a lot more fun than it was, but it did absolutely nothing. Yeah, that one came and went. Yeah, yeah. With, I mean, a lot of movies did. Yeah, well, with good reason. This one particularly, it was it was not good. Worse than old? Yeah, because at least old was trying something. About worse than Dear Evan Hansen? Oh, there it is. That's, <laughs> That's the one. The That's the one. <laughs> you did it. You found it. That's the one. Uh, best film of the year so far for you. Ooh. I, need to I mean, F9 is up there. F9 is way up there, man. I mean, you got Luca on here. Yeah, Lu- Luca was really Luca's good. Luca's a good movie. Um, uh, Werewolves Within was really good. I think... Oh, how was The Last Duel? The Last Duel's really solid. Okay. I liked it a lot. I'm not always sure where I stand with Ridley Scott all the time, but this was a good Ridley Scott. How was Matt Damon's accent in that movie? It was okay. Um, actually, the real standout in that one is Affleck. Like, you don't see it coming. Oh, and, really? Yeah, he's, okay. like, surprisingly fun. I think I'm going to go with my heart here, and I'm going to say Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Okay. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. That was... <laughs> I, I, I That came out, like, very early in the year. I wasn't expecting much from it, and then about partway through the movie, I thought, do I love this? Is this a great movie? And then I realized I did, and it, it was all just... 
gravy from there. It really brought <laughs> culottes back it into culottes the back. everyone. Put it on everyone's it lips was, again. It was yeah. joyful. It was happy. Um, I think I like it for some similar reasons that I like F9. It was like it was an uplifting and enjoyable mm-hmm. film at a time when I really needed that. Yeah. And yeah, and look, Jamie Dornan can do splits in the air and sing. He's Who great. Knew? Who, knew? Who knew? Yeah. All right. So got all the movie the movie talk done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's time to get to the taco news stories of the week. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, this is the taco ticker where we discuss the taco news stories of the week. Here we go. All right, this is taco ticker story number one. Some Taco Bell customers will soon be able to order a Chalupa and EV electronic vehicle charge their car in San Francisco. A project underway at a Taco Bell in South San Francisco that is likely to expand will give electric vehicle owners the chance to grab some fast food and a fast charge. Six RTM direct current fast chargers built by Tritium. That sounds like a, a movie uh, company, like a like a sinister company. It really in a movie. does, yeah. Created by ChargeNet will be installed in the restaurant's parking lot, taking up six slots along with a solar array occupying another 10. This is only a San Francisco thing. This is a total like total San Francisco mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm, uh, the mm-hmm. two companies are working in conjunction with Diversified Restaurant Group, which operates nearly 250 Taco Bell and Arby's restaurants in five states with funding from the California Energy Commission's California Electric Vehicle Infrastructure Project, CalVIP, if you will, CalVIP. and the California Public Utilities Commission, CPUC, CPUC, Self-Generation Incentive Program, CGIP, SGIP. (laughs) It's a tremendous benefit for everybody. In the end, it's the driver that benefits. They can pull up to an easily accessible place they know well. They can fill up a charge. They can eat a sandwich or great meal at one of the Yum! brands, Taco Bells, then drive away with 50-plus miles added to their battery, said Tritium President of the Americas, Mike Calice in an interview. Hmm. The seven hundred the the seventy-five kilowatt tritium RTM fast chargers can provide up to forty-six miles of range in ten minutes and will accept payment through ChargeNet's mobile app and a credit card reader on the charger. ChargeNet is looking to integrate food ordering and payment into the process. Hmm. Mike Calice of Tritium expects the idea of combining fast food and fast charging will quickly take off and wet consumers' appetites for both EVs and tasty calories, predicting if you can put these DC fast chargers in local proximity neighborhoods like this is, then people feel, okay, it's safe to dip my toe in the water. Not only that, I'm going to buy an electric vehicle and I'm going to get a charge really quickly. And oh, by the way, I'm going to go get some really good Taco Bell food. He's really enthusiastic about he Taco was, Bell. He was on that last part. Yeah, he yeah. was really pumped up. By the way. What yeah. do you think about this? Is this a good idea to be uh, I mean, electronic charging your, your car at a Taco Bell or Arby's? Yeah, I mean, you know, in theory, I think it's fine. I don't trust the name of the company, Tritium. That seems a little shifty, like you said. It's kind of like Skynet. Yeah, kind of like Skynet. What else are they doing while you're charging your car? Like, are you having to enter personal information? Are they tracking you when you leave? Oh, like, yeah. What's going to happen after you eat the chalupa and pull out of the spot? That's my question. I mean, what's next? They're going to start. You're going to have to plug in your chalupa into something before you eat it? No. Electric, electric <laughs> chalupa sounds like a name of a band, but that's... Oh, that is the name of my band. <laughs> electric uh, chalupa? It's an electronic band. Your, yeah. Your, uh, is that your, your first single is the B word? It's uh, F the B word uh, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. It's an anti-B word uh, good. song. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like F the police, but yeah. F the... Burritos. Sorry, I had to say. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, if I had an electric car, for sure. I mean, if I could get yeah. a quick charge while I'm eating my 
chalupas? Absolutely. You know, you got your Baja Blast and your, your chalupa. and. But what happens if you get jostled by someone as you're bringing all your oh. food out and you spill your, your Baja Blast onto the electric That's charge? That's a good that- question. Hopefully there's, you know, some guards in place there where it's safe. But, you know, it's early days for this technology. Who knows? Maybe yeah. it doesn't have the right safeguards in place yet. Uh, Taco Bell is really trying to just integrate themselves into everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's... What's next? Oh. I mean, are we headed for the future of Demolition Man where Taco Bell has won the fast food wars? I think it's possible. Is this the first step by taking over all electric vehicles? Like if there were to be a fast food war, who would win? And I think either Taco Bell or McDonald's, I think, have the strongest shot. I mean, Yum! Brands is strong with KFC and Taco Bell. Oh, yeah. And maybe is Arby's a Yum! Brands? I mean, if an Arby's is involved. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's true, because what if Arby's curly fries and McDonald's fries have to go head-to-head? Who wins? I think curly fries, but... Yeah, yeah. curly fries always, yeah. yeah. They got that seasoning. It just kind of, you know, comes up from behind. And- mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of crinkle-cut fries. Mm-hmm. Are, you, are you a fan of crinkle-cut? Well, not in general. I like Shake Shack's fries pretty well, but they're unique for crinkle-cut fries. Usually, I associate that with, like, really bad lunch... Like school lunch fries yeah, that are like soggy and floppy. Always cold. Yes, and always cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. Give me a curly fry... Over crinkle cut any day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're like a waffle fry. I like a waffle fry because it feels very nourishing. It feels like you've had a meal when you've eaten a waffle fry. Yeah, I mean, I think this is just Taco Bell's first step into, you know... World domination. World domination yeah. is they're they're gonna own I our mean, cars, our vehicles. Yeah. If if a food if a kind of food had to approach world domination, I feel like for for your sake and my sake, I'm glad it's tacos. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I will bow down to my electronic gordita overlord. That's right. Yeah, you're electric Sorry, electronic chalupa. That's right. Overlord, yeah, the electric yeah. chalupa overlord. The electric chalupa overlord. This next one is is kind of it's kind of um it's McDonald's centric, but it's also Jurassic Park centric. Oh. Are you ready for this? Oh my god, talking about corporate overreach. This yeah. is great. Twitter users just discovered an abandoned McDonald's on a remote island in alaska and they say the prices haven't changed much <laughs> twitter users are freaking out after discovering the existence of an abandoned mcdonald's on an island in alaska the fast food location which has seemingly been untouched since the 1990s is on adak island a remote place in the aleutian islands far out into the northern pacific ocean i want to go there already yeah. I'm, I'm into this already absolutely it's just the latest strange alaskan place to go viral in recent weeks previously a teenager drew millions of views after sharing a tiktok about her central alaskan town where everyone lives in the same building shortly after an, another user went viral for explaining how it can take 15 days to travel between two neighboring Alaskan islands. Jeez. Wow. Alaska's crazy. Yeah. The abandoned McDonald's, meanwhile, spread widely on Twitter thanks to a user named Real Jezebelly. In her post, she pointed out that the location's menu still features promotions for the Jurassic Park film series. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. The Adak McDonald's has been a point of interest for several years now. In the past, YouTubers have filmed clips of themselves exploring the space. Originally, Adak was set up as an outpost for Army and Navy bases during World War II. The naval base was eventually abandoned in the 1990s, and as a result, many of the town's residents moved away. Hmm. In 1997, the LA Times reported that many businesses in Adak were left totally as they'd been when they were occupied. However, many Twitter users were learning about the abandoned McDonald's for the first time. Several of them shared excitement or shock. or in some cases both this needs to be in a museum or my basement one user joked this is a post-apocalyptic television series i need now 
The prices haven't changed much, another pointed out. I want to go there. This I sounds do. amazing. This is I like how that story says that like some Twitter users are learning about this for the first time like like they did about a year ago when they realized that like Catherine O'Hara was also the mom from Home Alone. And, oh yeah, yeah, and also in Schitt's Creek and in Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah. and in Beetlejuice, and just like y- yeah. <laughs> Although in this case, I didn't actually know about the abandoned McDonald's, so I'm I'm part of the the noob group on that. I wonder if you can just go into like, is it open for everyone to just walk That's, through? Yeah, I would feel like. If it were, though, like, wouldn't people be... Taking stuff? Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would maybe take everything. Maybe they're really nice up in Alaska and just leave it alone. Or maybe it's maybe so. frozen maybe over. It's, yeah, it's frozen over, so you have to, like, chip through the ice, and nobody has time to do that. Now, that would be cool. Uh, a frozen over McDonald's. I feel like that's, like, the start of a found footage horror movie, too. Like, somebody walks into, like, an abandoned McDonald's, and they're like, oh, man, this McDonald's, it's the same as it always was. And then, like, some zombie fry jockey shows up, and it's just like, give me brains. <laughs> Uh, we could write that. Yeah, it, we can it do mean, it. It, it writes, writes itself. Writes itself. <laughs> it does. Yeah, and all the workers are frozen too. And yeah, <gasps> and they unchip the workers, and yes. then they're zombies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You think you're gonna have like an Encino Man situation, but really, it's like a Dawn of the Dead thing. I like that. Wait, I'm liking this Encino Man <laughs> version better, where you chip out these people <laughs> from the '90s. And they're McDonald's workers from the 90s, and they're all like cavemen, but they're yeah. 90s cavemen. Oh, and they're so, like, they're all really excited for Jurassic Park. Yeah, and they're like, wait, you're telling me there's there's four more Jurassic Park movies? Yeah, yeah. And then they're like, what's that cell phone? And yeah, mm-hmm. they're, and they're all played by Brendan Fraser. He's making a comeback. <laughs> He's been having, you know, we're here for the Fraser songs. I feel like that would be a good, uh, good comeback around for him. Man, I want to go there. Yeah. I really want to go there. Yeah. Um, but if it takes 15 days it, to get to the next... That's true. That's a long isn't time. The, uh, isn't the last blockbuster also in Alaska? Uh, Seattle, isn't it? Seattle, or okay. somewhere up there, yeah. Yeah, I think there used to be one in Alaska that closed. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody, this is your trusty editor, Matt, with a quick editor's note. The last blockbuster is actually located in Bend, Oregon. And now back to your regularly scheduled episode. It, it's on my bucket list for sure. This is time of the show where we talk about crime that has happened at a Taco Bell or taco place. This is okay. the Cheesy Gordita Crime Story of the Week. <laughs> cheesy Gordita Crime. Okay, here we go. A Chipotle employee was accused of throwing scissors at a customer. No. This happened in Baltimore. Oh, of course it did. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> is this... Did this happen on The Wire? Is this an episode <laughs> of The Wire where they throw scissors? So when I lived in D.C., I had a friend who was from Baltimore. And uh, one time he, he came out to Kansas City to visit me. And he told me that, uh, you know, like Lime Scooters, how like they were kind of big at the time. They started that in Baltimore. And then a lot of them went missing. <laughs> and they finally tracked down all the missing Lime Scooters. And like kids had been stealing them off the street and just like putting them in a storage shed. Like, like, a, like a storage facility, like a rental storage place. So they opened it up and there's like all these stolen <laughs> Lime Scooters, which like, I feel like that is the most Baltimore thing I have ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> they were just stealing them just to steal them and they weren't yeah, even just riding to, them like, around. I don't know. I guess they were going <laughs> to steal them or like sell them or like nobody really knows. They just did it to do it. Yeah. So this happened at a Baltimore Chipotle Police say a confrontation over a delayed order ended with a worker throwing scissors at a customer, and it's caught on camera. The worker faces aggravated assault charges, and the customer was still waiting for an apology from Chipotle. It happened a couple Tuesdays ago at the Chipotle on Charles Street in Mount Vernon. 
Anthony Evans was there to pick up his food when he says things escalated after complaining about the delay in his order. Why would there be a delay at Chipotle? You get it immediately, Yeah. Right? Did he, was it like a pickup thing? Oh, yeah, it was. He ordered his food online, but after getting to the store, he said he had to wait another 30 minutes before getting his food. I would be upset as well. Yeah, it's, he's within his right. Normally, it's like, let me get my food and leave, but this time I just stood my ground. I was like, no, said Evans. <laughs> he's seen approaching a woman who identified herself as the manager. Words were exchanged. Then the woman is seen grabbing a pair of scissors from the counter and throwing them at Evans. Oh my God. Huh. They have scissors on the counter at Chipotle? That, Maybe good. back in the office yeah. or something? That feels like it takes a lot of intention. Like, I'm mad at you. Hold on a second. Or what if they were those food scissors? Oh. Big old food. Kitchen scissors? Kitchen scissors, yeah. Oh. I wouldn't want any pair of scissors thrown at me, but no. something that's been cutting food, I feel like, is yeah. maybe got some stuff on it. When that happened, Evans is heard saying, I'm calling the bleeping police, and they're going to arrest your bleep. According to the police report, the scissors hit Evans in the shoulder... But he was not seriously hurt. Okay. Evans said he's stunned over what happened, but not surprised, calling the incident typical for Baltimore. Yeah. <laughs> Evans wants to make one thing clear. He attributes the bad behavior to what he calls the culture and stress of living in the city. Hmm. He says people still expect good customer service. <sighs> I mean, if you're if you're throwing scissors at your customers, yeah, that's something. Something else is going on there. That's talk about having a, a bad day as a manager at seriously. a Chipotle. I mean, when you reach for the scissors, oh, yeah, that's. And I I would imagine that a fast food manager position though is. I think that would test anybody. Yeah. So if you're having a bad day out there, Chipotle managers, please don't throw scissors don't throw at scissors. us. Don't throw scissors at us, please. Yeah. Um, I won't. I won't. You know, I would prefer you not make me wait an extra half an hour for my food, <laughs> right. but you know, yeah. I'll try to be nice about it. I mean, I'll just walk out next time. That's I don't, true. Please yeah. don't throw scissors at me. All right, um, let's close up the taco ticker. We'll be right back after this break. Eat tacos, win prizes. Let me say that again. Eat tacos, win prizes. The KCK Taco Trail offers a flavor-filled experience through more than 50 taquerias in Kansas City, Kansas. Download your free KCK Taco Trail Pass to find your way to the tastiest tacos in Kansas City. So what are you waiting for? Get started at kcktacotrail.com. Okay, this is the time of the show called Town of the Taco Town of the Taco. Kansas City, you're the place I love. This is where we discuss the town that the tacos are in, Kansas City. I have a cup here filled with Kansas City topics. It's my KC cup. I'll ask you to pull a couple topics and we will discuss. Are you uh, ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm excited. I saw you pull this out when we were getting set up and I was already curious. What is that thing? (laughs) What is that thing? Okay. I have one pulled out here. Museums and stuff. Museums and stuff. This is a great one. I love museums and stuff. Do you have a favorite KC museum or stuff? In KC. <laughs> or stuff in KC. I like all of our museums. I, I work in close proximity to both the Nelson and the Toy and Miniature Museum. I, I you know work at UMKC, and so I, I like being able to visit both frequently. Always wanted to go to the Toy and Miniature Museum. It's super fun. I want to go in there so bad. Yeah, there's all kinds of cool stuff in there. Now, are they regular-sized toys, or are they miniature toys? Some of them are miniature toys, okay. and some of them are regular-sized toys. Okay. It's always great to go into like the rooms with the antique dolls, where you're like kind of creeped out by them, but oh. also know that a child actually really loved that thing at one point, so you can't really hate it that much. They have porcelain um, heads. They have porcelain heads. Some of them have wooden heads. Do they have real eyeballs? I don't know about real eyeballs, but like, you know, realistic eyeballs. Realistic looking Um, eyeballs, yeah. And like the miniatures are really neat too. They have a 
special dollhouse that I think they only bring out at the holidays or like it's closed for the rest of the year. Like you, it's in a big case and you can see the outside, but not the inside. And like around like December to I think February, they actually open it up and you can see the rooms inside. So I like that. So definitely go there during the holidays to see for that. sure. Yeah. I feel like that's, you know, cause you're thinking about toys a lot anyway around Christmas. It's a good time to go. Also, I had a friend who used to work at the Steamboat Arabia Museum and that place is super interesting. When I went, she was one of the tour guides. And so I waited specifically so I could take her tour and just like wave at her and be a nerd. But when we get to the part where you're kind of allowed to sort of walk through and like look at things at your own pace, she's like, come with me and took me in the back and like showed me all the things that they're still in the process of like like taking out of vats and no like cleaning way. And like, yeah they're still working on stuff yeah oh my gosh so because the deal with the steamboat arabia is like it was like nobody died necessarily but it just like it was full of goods just so, like a cow died right or yeah i think donkey. a donkey yeah donkey. like a donkey died but like there's so much stuff that was meant to be like, you know, like stuff that they were going to put Delivered. in general stores. Yeah. So there's still like, she took me past like these just giant barrels of like black sludge. <laughs> and they're like, they're boots, like they're leather boots that they're cleaning that are just like sitting oh in gosh. there, like waiting to get like all these years of scunge taken That's off of them. That's cool. That's really cool. It was really neat. Yeah. It was like kind of a, I don't know, like a, I mean, you're not looking at like bodies or anything, but almost like a mummy moment where I was just like, there's, there's cool old stuff back here. <laughs> lots of bottles. Yeah. Lots of bottles. I like when you look at like the jars of pickles and they're like, those pickles are still good. <laughs> like, I'm not going to eat them. Are you? <laughs> that's what I remember. Is, that's all I remember is like the pickles, bottles, and the uh, the the donkey bones. Yeah, the donkey bones. Yeah. yeah. That was, I went there. Which is also a name of a band that I'm in. Donkey bones. Donkey bones. So it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I went there kind of on a whim on like a Saturday just because I knew she'd be working. And I was like, you know, I've never been to Steamboat Arabia. I should go check it out. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad I did. I think that family that dug up Steamboat Arabia also found another. They did. Yeah, and they're they're trying to dig that up. Mm-hmm. They're they're big time treasure hunter folks. Yep. I feel like their their politics might not be all that great, from what I understand. But like, I don't know, the museum's cool. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to pull another topic? Yeah. All right, I'll mix it up there. How many topics do you typically do? On a oh, show? just a couple. Okay. We could do like a speed round though, if you wanted Ooh, to. Okay. Oh, best Italian in KC. I actually don't know much about Italian restaurants in KC. There's a place in Waldo. There's a sandwich place in Waldo. I'm going to have to look it up. The new place? Is it new? Right on Warnall? Yeah. Dovito's. Yeah. Is that good? It is. Yeah. It's like, it's not necessarily like big time, like old style grandma Italian, but they've got good sandwiches and the vibe is really cool. It's in the old uh, Waldo coffee shop. Uh, What was that called? One more cup. Okay. Because it looks like a coffee shop. You go in there and it's like, it's, it has like weird kind of like nineties Pee Wee Herman coffee shop vibes, which I really like. That's cool. (laughs) I know. Like I would, I would drink coffee there. I would eat a sandwich there and they've got like a cute little outdoor space. It just, it seems like kind of a nice little neighborhood gathering spot. So I like that. Do you uh, go to... You ever gone to Garozo's or? Um, I have not. That's typically um, listed as a yeah. top. I need to do more Italian, Italian places in KC. I feel like I I tend to downplay Italian as a food group, which is silly because I am Italian and I, sh- you know, I, I like eating Italian food. Maybe because it's just not, I don't know. I don't think of it as like an exotic thing. I think of it as just like a thing you go to when you want to eat a lot of food, mm-hmm. which, you know, what's wrong with that? So I should try that more. I need to... I need to make that my next uh, citywide tour. Yeah, you could do a little Italian tour. Yeah, Italian tour. yeah. Oh, is this a good one? <laughs> it is. Worst idea Kansas City ever had. Worst idea oh, Kansas man. City ever had. Oh, how do I talk about these things without sounding like a total snob? <laughs> I don't want to badmouth people who are trying to do good things, but I will say I feel like the, with a few exceptions, the festival scene in Kansas City is not what I would like it to be. 
I feel like the intention behind those festivals is good, but the organization isn't quite like it. It feels like we're doing it just to do it. Like music festivals. Yeah. Or arts festivals. Or? Arts festivals. Like some of the film festivals are not like they could be a lot. They better. could be better. They've they've they were good at one point, but have gotten less good. I think lately. Panic Fest is still great. That. That is consistent. The other ones I have kind of varying feelings on. I went to a show at Middle of the Map Fest that was on like a Sunday night. And it was Charles Bradley and Amy Mann, which is not a doubleheader that you would expect. I actually, I came to the show because I wanted to see Amy Mann. I also love Charles Bradley. But like everybody came for Charles Bradley. And it was a huge, like very high energy show. It was great. And he went and did his set. And then he finished and he left. And then everybody else left. And then Amy Mann comes on at like, you know, the main stage at like the Midland big theater with like a really small crowd. Oh, man. Really small crowd. And it's like, like nine o'clock at night at this point. And she does like a whole set to like the hardcore people who came out to see her when like there should be way more people than were there for an Amy Mann show. So I think about that a lot in terms of like, I get what you're trying to do in terms of like the South by Southwest, like showcasey thing, but like that was not a well-organized evening. <laughs> yeah, it stinks that Kansas City isn't, doesn't have a better music festival. I know. Um, I think we could do it. I think we could do it. I think it just takes a little more, a little more intention and a little better marketing mm-hmm. than we've had. Because we've had cool stuff in the past, like when we had the, the folk festival, the folklore thing happening and that was headquartered here there was some really cool stuff happening but like you have a band like opep which i love playing in like a hotel room which i think is kind of an interesting (laughs) idea like i guess that's kind of quirky but like i want to see them in a club yeah i want to see them perform for like an audience audience not for like some people who happen to walk by at a holiday inn yeah i know they need all the venues to just get together and do a well organized like cohesion yeah yeah get the different venues involved and and i think there are some people who could do it like, I think there are some people who f- feel like they are motivated, if they had the right help, could really pull it together. Did you ever go to Spirit Fest growing up? No. That was Kansas that? City's big festival forever. Okay. It was at like the end of the summer. And it was supposed to be like a big blues, jazz, just and rock and roll festival. And I just remember going there <laughs> and seeing like Huey Lewis in the news. Oh. Like twice. Yeah. And then Tech 9 one of my first times ever seeing Tech Nine was at Spirit Fest. Oh it was God. like Huey Lewis in the news one night. Tech Nine. Oh no, it was it was Coolio in Tech Nine. <gasps> wow. Yeah. So it was it was good. I, I think Coolio in Tech Nine is a great show. It was. And it was at, it was at the Liberty <laughs> Memorial too. Oh my God. Before they had Rock Fest at yeah. the Liberty Memorial. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, they stopped that festival. That festival is no longer around. So shoot. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Where can Huey and Tech Nine share the same stage? We got to get you back know, to those yeah. days. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm, says Kansas City to me right absolutely. there. Absolutely. So I don't know if I'd say that's the worst idea, but maybe execution wise, it didn't quite work out the way yeah. it could. All right. What do you say? Our tacos are here. Let, let's eat these tacos. Let's do, do it. it. All right. So we've got these tacos from Westside Local. I forgot to ask you, have you ever been to Westside Local? I have not, but I've heard it's great. So I'm I'm excited to uh, kind of dip my toe in the the, the Westside local waters and uh, see how this first impression goes. Now these are blackened salmon tacos. This is off their fall taco menu. They just started the ta- the fall menu tonight. Oh wow! So um, fresh. These look amazing. They do. They smell really good. There's three tacos to an order, and they give you a little lemon. Yeah. I, I appreciate the uh, the amount of tacos to an order, too. Like, you know, sometimes you just get two, 
and you're kind of like, oh, man, I could use another taco. Please don't judge my my taco consumption. Always give me more. Right. Three three is a, is, a, is pretty much the perfect well, amount. As they say in Schoolhouse Rock, it's a magic number. It so. is. It really is. When it comes to tacos, for sure. Agreed. Um, if you're only getting two, it's kind of like, uh, what's where's the th- where's the mm-hmm. next where's the third mm-hmm. one? I think it's a ploy though to uh, to try and get you to uh, get more sides to do like the oh, chips and yeah. guac. There you go. So yeah, blackened salmon looks good. It's got some uh, got some pico de gallo on here. Got some cilantro. Are you pro cilantro or no cilantro? I, I am pro cilantro. Okay. Good. Yeah. We've got some uh, red onion. Is that what that is? I think so. Yeah. Some red onion, some some pico on there. And a flaky, flaky uh, tortilla. Mm-hmm. Is your tortilla integrity holding together? I'd say it's it's pretty good. Okay. I know we're we're talking about West Side local tacos tonight, but have you have you tried any of the pop up stuff from uh, from Yoli? I haven't yet. Oh man. It's right next door. It's right it's, down the hill. Yeah. Yeah. I think they've they've stopped doing pop ups for this year, but I'm I'm obsessed with it. Like you talk about taco about taco integrity. Like those tortillas are like they're I soft believe and they these hold are up. these are Yoli Amazing. tortillas. That's, so that tracks. Do they look like the Yoli ones? <laughs> they you've do. Been they having? are. Yeah. We've I mean we've had these tacos for a few minutes. They're not falling apart. They look pretty solid. I'm impressed. Chock full too. Yeah. Let's let's they're take very a bite. Full. All right. This is really good. First thoughts? It's salty, but not overwhelmingly salty. I can get those blackening, I can taste the blackening spices a little bit. There's a lot of flavor going on in here. We also, we haven't used this uh, this green sauce that came with it, so I'm going to try and put a little on oh, yeah. and see if that changes anything. got to put that on for sure. I mean, it can only go up from here, right? So, mm-hmm. Which makes it sound bad. It's not bad. It's very good. <laughs> it can only continue getting better. It's a chock full taco. It is. I appreciate there. Yeah, three tacos and they're full of filling, which I yeah, I'm a fan. That's what you call value for money. Mm, I like um, it with that salt, the yeah. salsa on there. It's not very spicy salsa, but it's really limey. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a pretty big hit of citrus there. I'm super curious how this is going to come across sound wise. I feel like I'm making really gross food and napkin noises into the microphone. We have a lot of uh, fans that just listen to the show for the <laughs> sound of us. For the ASMR. Eating food, smacking <laughs> our lips, That's, talking I mean, with our mouth full. You know, so. it, it takes all kinds. Mm-hmm. So. I'm happy to provide that service. Sometimes people email me and go, Dave, you didn't talk with your mouth full enough last episode. Can we get some more of that next episode? Seriously? We didn't hear a lot of lip smacking and... That's so intense. Gulping. Wow. So, yeah. So feel free. I mean... Okay. I had food in my mouth that last one, so hopefully that came through. <laughs> it's for all you um, ASMR fans out there. Mm, there's a little bit of a kick to these. Is that the... Um, I think that's the salsa, or is it the... Um, mm. Did I put too much lemon on here? <laughs> did you put lemon on yours? I did. Or do you I'm think not, it's the seasoning of the salmon? I think it's got to be the seasoning, right? Like, no, the, the salsa does have a little bit of something, something okay. going on there. It takes a bit. Now, would you normally order a fish taco or are you more chicken, beef? Mm. Usually a chicken or beef person, but I will occasionally try fish taco if I'm really in the mood for it. I'm not used to salmon tacos, although I do like them. Usually when I think fish taco, I'm thinking like, it's like fried cod, stuff like that, which I like. I definitely like the texture of that sometimes too. I am... Not a big fish taco eater, but I will. But there are some amazing fish tacos we've mm-hmm. had on the show. Like recently, someone reminded me of an amazing taco we had at Brookside Barrio. They mm. have a great fish taco there. So okay, yeah, I live not too far from Brookside, so I will take that into consideration. I have recently become a big fan of South of Summit. Mm, love that place. Yeah, that's. I mean, their tacos are really good and not too expensive. I like that they give you chips and salsa. With a takeout order, mm-hmm. like regardless of whether or not you ordered them, because I always want them. And it's great, easy pickup. 
very you're doing easy. A carry out. Mm-hmm. You drive right up, they bring it right mm-hmm. out to you on the I've street. I've done a lot there, of yeah. a lot of pickup. I took my parents there for my birthday because I was like, this is a really good taco place. I want you to try it. And also because I wanted to try the Tlayuda and like, I'm not going to eat that by myself. That was so, so amazing there. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> and yeah, you have to have friends with you when yeah. you're eating that. Yeah, because it's big. So I was like, this is a perfect excuse. We're going to go. We ate a lot of cheese that day. <laughs> it was a good day. <laughs> I love that place. It's... uh it's up there for sure. I'm so I'm so uh, so glad they opened. Me That's too. kind of a good little. We we've talked about this recently on the show. That's a good little taco corridor. There. It is. Yeah, you can find a taco in uh, Waldo. Mm-hmm. Pretty easy, and Brookside. Yeah, so. there's yeah there's the taco truck there now. Yeah, cacao. Cacao. Yeah, I haven't tried that yet, but I hear it's good. Here's I have, I have a question for you yeah. about what what counts as a taco. So, Boru Ramen, which is right around the corner, has these steamed bao buns that I think. Form-wise, look and act a lot like a taco. How do you feel about that statement? I'd have to hold. I'd have to see it. Okay. Hold it in my hand. Okay. Maybe crate a little. Crate a little, a little bit. bit. <laughs> and then take a little bite. It's yeah. The fillings I don't think are necessarily like a thing that you would expect a taco to be. But like if you get the fried chicken one, it it feels very much like you're consuming a taco. So I don't know. I'm gonna take your word on this. I need okay. to try this. So this is just down the street here on Broadway. It's uh it's right around the corner from South of Summit. Oh, so it's yeah. South of Summit. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, right across the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. So if you're ever curious about giving that a try, I would love to know your thoughts. Um, yeah, it's all about for me. It's all about um, the way you hold it in your hand mm-hmm. and the shape. Mm-hmm. So if you're saying the shape is very similar uh, to a taco, mm-hmm. then um, yeah, it's got you. You got your filling, and it's like wrapped around like like that. So yeah. Now you're making me really want to go there after the show. <laughs> you should. They're really good. <laughs> and what's it called again? Boru. What's the item on the menu called? The item on the menu is bao, steamed bao. Bao, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think they've got like a, a pork belly and a fried chicken one and bulgogi, I think, are the options. Sounds so good. They're really good. <laughs> I usually do stop for tacos after eating tacos. Oh, wow. On the show because I'm usually... I, I can't focus on, on them while I'm eating them here on the show. So sure, yeah, you want to be able I'm to like, enjoy oh, them. Oh, man, I need to go get some more so I can yeah. sit and enjoy these. Yeah. yeah. So I might have to stop there. So are we going to – so they gave us three. I'm mm-hmm. just going to – we don't have to eat all three in this this city, okay. uh, setting. We can save these for later. So far, what do you think? What do you think of these uh, tacos from Westside Local? W- what do you like about them the most? Mm-hmm. What would you change about them? Anything? Oh, man, I really like them. I think if there's anything I would change, I would try to make it a little more, maybe a little more cilantro or pico forward. Always more pico, yeah, I, I yeah, I think so too. And cilantro. And cilantro. There's, I mean, there's some cheese on there. I, I like a lot of cheese on my tacos. I think the, the deal with like anything that has blackening spices on it, I feel like is, is good, but also it's a very dominant flavor. So if you can find a way to kind of balance that out a little bit, then you're golden. It should also be noted that I uh, I paired these with a uh, Capri Sun Pacific cooler, and they went very well together. So if you're if you're considering a drink pairing with your with your fish tacos from Westside Local, now would you go ecto cooler ever with, oh, with a taco? Uh, a I fish think taco? so. Okay. I think so. If you really like, because you know it's a good balance of like sophistication. If you've got like the fancy fish taco, especially this one, I feel like is a pretty sophisticated taco. You've got your salmon. It's from a local institution that has. I don't know, a pretty good culinary rep. 
But like, if you want to do that, but also feel like an excited kid because you're eating a taco, I feel like that's a perfect match. Yeah. I mean, they've got to be back on the shelves now uh, with Ghostbusters Afterlife coming That's out. right. That, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a good tie-in. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, more more cilantro, a little more cheese, and and more more pico. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a, it's a good fish taco for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I would... If 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 I were presented with this again, I would eat it gladly. Also, so would my cats. They're going to be so like I'm going to take these leftovers home, and they're just going to lose their freaking minds. So our rating on the show is one to five golden tacos. Five being best. How mm-hmm. many uh, golden tacos would you give the tacos at? Okay, West Side out local? of five, I would say I think three and a half. They're good. I think there's some room for improvement, but they are good. Which is like, yeah, if I'm reviewing a movie, if I give something a three and a half, I think that's a pretty solid, like, I would gladly encounter this again kind of review. I'm I'm right there with you. I enjoy the tortilla. Um, tortilla is good. Did you like the tortilla? I did. Okay. Yeah, it held up really good. Yoli's repping. I'm going, I'm going to go 3.6. Okay. Out of five golden tacos. Okay. I'm really curious to try their chicken or pork or yeah. their beef tacos next time they're on the menu. Yeah. But yeah, people uh, love Westside Local. It's got a great location, mm-hmm. um, a great patio, cool little bar inside too. Okay. It, it, you kind of walk in and you keep going to all these different little rooms. It's pretty cool. And then you go nice. back to this nice little patio that overlooks nice. the cool little neighborhood up there on the west yeah. side. So I'm, I'm planning to spend some time kind of in west side and crossroads a little bit this weekend so i'm excited to i I really like that neighborhood and i don't get over there enough because my like corridor of living is not necessarily super close to that but yeah i'm excited to spend a little more time there and kind of get to know the the space a bit it's cool i was walking around tonight before the thunderstorm hit (laughs) and um there's places there i never knew existed there's little nooks and crannies yeah and businesses and, and restaurants. I yeah, there, I like so. that it, it feels like, it. yeah, like there are businesses there that people love, but it also feels like people live there. Like it really feels like a yep. neighborhood. Well, so we, we love the tacos. Mm-hmm. Definitely would try them again. I definitely try them with the salsa on. I like yes, them a lot better. Yes, would recommend with the, salsa, with the on. salsa on there. And you can get them to go too. They do carry out. So we like the tacos, but there are some other people that also enjoy the tacos. Yeah. This is the time of the show called. Good reviews, read in funny voices. Oh, good. Okay. Bad reviews on Talk of the Town. Talk of the Town. Talk of the Town. Talk of the Town. Now you do funny voices, correct? I, I, I am do. capable of doing right. a funny voice, nice. yes. Okay. I went to nationals in uh, forensics one year for humorous interpretation. All right. So we'll see if I can uh, <laughs> dust off those chops. That was like way back in high school. So Can you do two voices? Want to do both of them? Oh, for sure. Yeah, they're yeah, not okay. very long. Right, cool. Okay. Okay. So these are dudes. I'm going to try to sound like a dude. <laughs> All right. You do J first? J. Yeah. Right. J.S. says, my friend wanted to go out. So we said, why not try Westside Local? Long story short, it was amazing. The ambiance is so chill. Kids are welcome. Casual cute attire is the dress code from what I saw. The food was great. Pictures don't do it justice. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Not to mention our waiter was fabulous. Five stars. Mm-hmm. That was All great. Right. Good. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I never really think about attire before I go to eat, but yeah. Neither do I. Make sure you dress cool. Yeah. Casual. Cool and casual. Like you're, you're in Westside, man. You want to be hip. You want to be like, you know, but not like you're trying too hard. Maybe wear a cape. Yeah, you know? maybe wear a cape. Like a nice yeah. cape or something? I feel like, you know, not not too different from what I would have, like, what I would wear going downtown in Lawrence yeah. of an evening. Just, you know, having fun. It does have a very, that whole West Side mm-hmm. Hill has a very Lawrence vibe to it. does. To it. Maybe that's why I like it so much. Yeah, because yeah, I, I went to college in Lawrence. My folks live there now, so it's kind of like, I consider that to be my hometown. Yeah, you know, this isn't, I like Messenger Coffee, but there's there's a lot of people that go there that 
feel kind of influencer dressy. Sometimes I walk in there and it's like I see people that I didn't even realize could live in Kansas City. So Do they have cool uh, cowboy hats? They do. Like, yeah, like the yeah. flat brim cowboy hat thing. Just got back from Nashville. Everyone was wearing those flat like, cowboy hats. Uh, and I like, they kept getting bigger and bigger. That's so wild. Like, I kind of like them, but at the same time, it just feels like you're trying really hard. So, like, I don't know. This is, it. based on this review, it sounds like you don't necessarily have to wear the flat brim no, cowboy hat there. No. <laughs> but you would really, you would, you, I recommend, you know, if you have one and you're looking for a place to go eat some tacos, oh, yeah. wear it to Westside Local. There you Local. go. Yeah, yeah, wear it to Westside Local. They would accept you. Okay. So we also have a review from Monty. Oh, Monty. Which yeah. I think is a fancy name. So we'll see. Yeah. He also went here with his wife. So I feel like that's a good, like, kind of a wife guy kind of a thing. So maybe a good <clears throat> date night place. Maybe a good date night yeah. place. Yeah. Okay. Uh, these are all off of Yelp. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. These yeah. are Yelpers. Okay. I roll. <laughs> <laughs> this pace was a breath of fresh air. We ate outside. The staff was great. And the fell and flow of the decor was great. We ordered the banana bread as an appetizer, and it was delicious. My wife had the kale. I had the burger, and it was tasty. Plus, the Parmesan fries were great. We will definitely be back. Five stars. I feel like that's an appropriate Monty voice, even though he can't spell place, but that's okay. (laughs) This pace was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) We ordered the banana bread as an appetizer. That sounds delicious. Yeah, I don't usually think banana bread as an appetizer before eating a burger but like you know what live your life dude if that makes you happy and I, clearly it did that's totally what a monty sounds like the voice you did okay. that was a great monty good voice. thank you yeah thank you <laughs> yeah so it sounds like a really amazing place and the a very eclectic menu too i think yeah yeah, they yeah. Got banana bread and parmesan fries Mm-hmm. and kale and tacos. And you can get them all in like the same, like they don't stop serving the banana bread after like breakfast hours. Like you could get it all at once if right. you wanted to. And I hear it is an amazing breakfast brunch place. Mm-hmm. Brunch place. It's like it's a real big brunch That's, place on I, the weekends. Yeah, so. I hear about that in conjunction with brunch a lot. I think yeah. that and succotash. And yep. probably you say tomato as well. Mm-hmm. But you say tomato, I have been to a number of times. That place rules. But oh, where's that? It's like kind of down the street from succotash. It's not. Okay. Yeah, it's like. On that street? Yeah. Cool up and coming block. Yes, for sure. But they have really great flatbreads. So that's would recommend if you're ever over there. Well, if you're having a hankering for some tasty tacos, hit up Westside Local. They're open Wednesday through Sunday for brunch and for dinner. Only for brunch on Sundays at 1663 Summit Street, Kansas City, Missouri, 64108. Go ask for, see if Monty is on the patio eating banana bread with his wife. He might be there. You never know. <laughs> if there's a guy that's talking with a kind of a snooty British accent, that's Monty. For sure. <laughs> we'll be right back after this break. This is Chris Lost. And found Jim. And Rick Rewound. And we're from the Lost and Found and Rewound podcast, and you're listening to Talk of the Town with W. Dave Keith. And now, it's time to get serious. It's time for Taco Topics. Okay, this is Taco Topics. Okay. I've got taco questions. I need your taco answers. Don't okay. be afraid to bear your taco soul to the world. Let's talk about it. Abby, let's talk about it. Uh, <laughs> okay, question number one. What's the one thing you look for in a taco? Ooh, one thing I look for in a taco. Flavor. Did these tonight 
They were did. They were, they they were very flavorful. Okay. Question number two, do you prefer hard shell or soft shell tacos? Oh, gosh. I think... Well, yeah, I still prefer hard shell. I eat soft shell most of the time, but like if you can get, I remember in my in my Topeka days, if you could get like a fried one, ooh, those are good. Oh yeah, hot or mild salsa. Ooh, I used to be a mild person. I've become more of a hot person recently. Big fan. What about some lime? You like a little lime? I like lime. Yep. Tonight these had lemon. Is that because we had fish? I think it is. I okay. would have actually. Now that I think about it, I would have liked some lime. There was some kind of citrusy limeness in that sauce that I think would have worked well with lime. You already said you're pro cilantro. I am. You're yeah. not a soap person. You do not think it tastes like soap. That's right. I don't have that gene. Thank okay. goodness. Yeah. What's your favorite side dish with tacos? Chips and salsa, chips and queso, chips and guac, mm. beans and rice. Ooh. Probably chips and salsa. Okay. I do like beans and rice as well, but I I think, yeah, it's one of the things that I like about South of Summit is the the salsas they have. It's like the kind of sort of sweet, tomato-y kind of salsa that, that I really like. <laughs> um, F. Mary Kill, salsa, queso, guac. Ooh. It's a tough one. I it know, is a so. tough one. I think F. Queso, Mary Guac, Kill salsa. Sorry, salsa. But you just said your favorite side dish was chips and salsa. I know. <laughs> oh, God. It's hard, though. Maybe, I think, actually, I might I might switch that. I might... Mary salsa or F salsa? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> okay. F guac, Mary salsa, kill queso. Because I do think... It's hard, because queso, it, it's one of those things that, like, it feels like a treat. It wants to feel like a special thing. I think it's overrated. Okay. It's hard to do queso really well. So under overrated... Underrated, queso's overrated, mm-hmm. salsa's underrated. Agreed. I still like it, but I think it's overrated. Okay. What are you drinking with your tacos mm. besides Capri Sun? <laughs> are we going with a beer, a margarita, mm-hmm. maybe a nice Coca Cola classic? Oh, gosh. I would, I mean, I've done all three. I would say probably either a beer or Mexican Coke. Do you have a favorite Mexican beer? Medela Negro. Okay. It's probably usually my beer of choice. Okay, if you're not eating tacos, mm-hmm. what are you eating? What Ooh. do you eat as much as I eat tacos? Pizza. Do you have a favorite pizza I, in KC? D- well, I had a favorite pizza in KC, and then they went out of business. Oh, no. Which one was that? Observation. Fuck. Yeah, Observation Pizza. Oh, Observation Pizza. Yeah, yeah. Observation Pizza was my favorite in I've Kansas City. I heard it was great. <sighs> yeah, they had this one. They had the, the Robert Marley, and it was, I think, like a creamy sauce maybe and roasted sweet potato greens pickled mushrooms and pine nuts and it was one of the most amazing things i've ever eaten in my life the like the last weekend they were open i went there and i got a pizza because i had to have it again before they were gone forever and i actually brought it to brock who may or may not still be here (laughs) because i wanted i wanted him and his wife to try it and like it's one of those things where like I, I take a bite and like when you have a really good food experience and it's just like sense sensation overwhelming, I either like feel like crying or like cursing really loud. And that was just like every time, even though I'd had it like two or three <laughs> times, like I take a bite and I just go fuck really loud. And so I brought this pizza to Brock and Viv to try. And I like I take my bite and I yell fuck really loud. And then Brock takes a bite and he goes, fuck, really loud. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was, oh God, it was perfect. And I'm so sad it's gone. Man, I am too, because I really want to try yeah, that pizza Yeah, they've now. said that they might do, they might come back in pop-up form, which cool. I hope they do. I'm excited to try, I think Devoured looks like it might be potentially close to that style-wise. So I'm hoping to try that soon as well. Do you have a dream eating 
taco destination? Is there a place in the world mm. that you've always wanted to go? Not necessarily to eat a taco there, but if you had a taco in a little satchel with you and you went to this location yeah. and you just had a moment to yourself to eat oh. that taco and enjoy the view yeah. or enjoy the scene, yeah. where would that be? I think... Paint the picture. Yeah. I I went to Arches National Park for the first time back in 2017. That is a beautiful place. I think it's got that that kind of deserty feel that you mm. want to experience while eating a taco. Isn't that where they filmed uh, Last Crusade? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah, that place rules. So I think I would want to go to Arches with a taco and climb up somewhere kind of high where you can like sit and be sort of alone, like away from totally. what most of the tourists would be doing and just sit and eat your taco and like watch the sunset. I want to make that happen. I do too. <laughs> I just like that was <laughs> off the top of the dome, but man, I that want it great. more than anything now. <laughs> I've been there, but I didn't have tacos when I was there. I know. What a yeah. opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> have you ever had a time in your life when you've had to turn down tacos? Can you think of a time oh in your life gosh. when you turned down tacos from somebody? Oh, I th- if ever I did, it was probably because I was sick. Okay. Because I wouldn't turn down tacos anytime mm-hmm. otherwise. Do you have any taco no-nos? Something that if it's on a taco, you will not eat that taco. Oh. Or tacophobia. Yeah. I know like you can get a traditional taco that has like tripe on it or like sweet meats. That's probably a no-go zone for me. I think lengua. Lengua is a taco thing that you can have. I'm not a huge fan of that. Okay. Um, we get that a lot. We get yeah, that a lot. Yeah, that, that makes sense. This is the speed round. This is just different types of tacos. I just okay. want to know yay or nay on these. Okay? <laughs> okay. Here we go. Three, two, one. Taco pizza. Yay. Taco salad. Yay. Taco burgers. Yay. Taco dogs. Yay. Dogs dressed like tacos. Yay. Breakfast tacos. Yay. Walking tacos. Mm, yay. Yay. Taco soup. Yay. Double decker tacos. Yay. Taquitos. Nay. Not a fan of the taquito. I the only ones I've ever had have been bad. Miniature tiny tacos. Like from 7 Eleven or yeah. from Nay, the not big enough. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Choco tacos. Yay. A naked chicken chalupa from Taco Bell. Yay, I really want to try it. A taco with a shell made out of a fried egg from Taco Bell, a breakfast taco. Yay. Taco Bell's nacho fries with nacho cheese. Nay. Okay. Taco Bell, all day or no way? All day. You did really good on that. Thank you. Really good. (laughs) So the only thing you're not a fan of is nacho fries and taquitos. Yeah. Everything else were yay. I think think, uh, the tiny tacos too. Oh yeah, tiny tacos. Yeah, yeah. yeah, nacho fries and tacos that are too small. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And you can't put a lot of ingredients on a tiny taco. Exactly. They're kind of small and smushy. I don't know. You can't put tomatoes. You can't put like... Yeah. yeah, You did really good on that. Thank you. Okay. Favorite song to listen to in your car when you're on your way to get tacos. Something that gets you really fired up. Typical Mail by Tina Turner. Can you sing a little bit of that for us? <laughs> Is there a verse you can... Uh, oh, God. I don't think I'm familiar okay. with that one. I'm not wasting my female attraction on a typical male. On a typical male. Like that. Yeah. yeah that was There's a lot of good synth, like, in, you know. Is it's that, it's uh, very 80s. 80s. Yes, it's 80s, okay, Tina. It's nice. like, it's comeback, Tina. That's great. So that gets you <laughs> pumped up. It does, yeah. That's good. Okay, this is the time of the show called Random Taco Question of the Week. Random Taco Question of the Week. You throw me out a number between 1 and 92, and I will read you a random taco question. Okay, 45. Oh, gosh. Okay, here we go. Let me reach into my taco (laughs) Bible here. Okay, this is a good one for the day that we celebrate a lot here on the show, Taco Tuesday. Okay. Are people who don't love tacos 
pressured into eating tacos on Taco Tuesday? Do they feel the anxiety? Mm. Do they have Taco Tuesday anxiety? Mm. Is that something we aren't talking about enough? It's possible. So like, I'm not a huge sports fan. And a thing that annoys me about sports is that like when like of a, of a Sunday or of a weekend, if there is a sporting event on, I know that a good chunk of my friends will just not be available. Like their social calendar has to be like <laughs> centered around the sport, which I don't necessarily have an interest in watching. So I guess if you feel that way about tacos, maybe you might feel a similar pressure around Taco Tuesday because like that's probably what your friends are going to want to do. Like it saves money, it involves tacos, which are great. I don't know why this person doesn't like tacos, but you know, live your yeah. life. Um, and so like they want to go get tacos and margs and beer and like maybe you're not in the mood for that. So I can, I can see that. Yeah. It might be an issue where you just kind of like what you're saying, you, those friends aren't available on those days. Maybe you just know, don't, don't contact that friend on a taco Tuesday because yeah. they are not going to want to go to the taco yeah. place. But what if you. that's like the friend you haven't seen for like three or four weeks and you really want to hang out? Like, I don't know. You I know, think maybe if you're the friend, you should just not be a jerk and like be chill about it. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, um, yeah, if you you can go to the taco restaurant, a lot of these places have hamburgers on them. That's menu. true. Like a lot of them have cheeseburgers, hamburgers mm-hmm. for people that don't like tacos yeah. or the B word. The B word. You can go to you can go to South of Summit and get a Toyota. I feel like I'm I'm pimping South of Summit a lot lately. Sorry, I'm not a sponsor, and that's but like I love a them. Pizza. Yeah, it's a flatbread. It's almost. like yeah, like a flatbread tostada pizza kind yeah. of a deal. That's different. I mean, maybe they're a pizza person. And yeah. They, they would like that. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I do feel bad because, you know, Taco Tuesday is pushed in a lot of people's faces. It is, it is. And um, The only thing that I don't like about Taco Tuesday is that it is one day out of the week. I would love to be able to celebrate Taco Tuesday every day. Like we do here on the show. Yes. Every day of the week. Yes. You can make every day your Taco Tuesday. Exactly. Yeah, well, I feel sorry for those people, but I like I'm saying, like, like you said, I don't think you should treat them badly. Yeah. Maybe don't exclude them. Yeah. Unless they unless they break into sweats when they see tacos and get upset. Taco sweats. That yeah. Or start to hyperventilate. Yeah, that could be a sign of a deeper issue, I think. Yeah, totally. I see what <laughs> yeah. I see where you're going there. Uh, well, I'm sorry to say we've come to the end of the show. Oh man. This is the end of your episode. So what do you have coming up in the uh the pitch in the next editions? Do you have any stories coming up? Yeah. I am working on a feature article about the movie Procession that is coming out later this month. It's a documentary by uh, a filmmaker named Robert Green who's based in Columbia. And this is going to be kind of a downer, so sorry. Um, it's a, a documentary in which he is working with four or five men from the Kansas City area who were victims of abuse by Catholic priests. And he's doing, they're working with a drama therapist basically to kind of reenact those moments and to kind of work through those moments. It's it's really powerful and it's amazing. Did they have their premiere this They week? did, yeah, or recently. Yeah, yeah, had a local premiere here. Mm-hmm. They've been kind of having some local premieres and a few like here and in Columbia and a couple of other places too it's yeah I spoke to Robert Green and to one of the other participants in the film about their experiences and it's like it's I mean it's a movie that you're going to want to take a walk in the middle of but it's incredible mm-hmm. so so people can read your reviews on your Twitter too right or uh, yeah or I, have I links to your stuff yeah I try to post links on Twitter and I yeah I write most regularly for the pitch I also have a semi-regular column at Sojourners magazine I have a 
column up there right now on the Celine Shiama movie Petite Maman, which I liked a lot. And I will be doing my next column also about procession for them because, cool. yeah, Sojo is a, a church-based organization. And so that fits right in their wheelhouse. But cool. yeah. What's your Twitter handle? My Twitter handle is at Abby Olchesi, A-B-B-Y-O-L-C-E-S-E. That's where you can find me. Cool. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. And thanks for talking tacos with me. Yeah, thank you. This is great. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Taco the Town KC. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Podbean, and give us a five-star review. Thanks to super engineer Matt Allen and everyone back at the Taco the Town corporate office. Our music is by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. Be safe out there, everybody, and remember to keep supporting your local neighborhood taco shops. And until next time, go go eat some tacos! Lotus Pod.